This is the AC Report. morning is a study in rarities. He is an elected Republican in a city that is overwhelmingly Democrat. In an era in which it seems like Republicans and Democrats can't even walk on the same side of the street, he has formed a a number of coalitions with his Democratic partners in government to actually get things done. Imagine that, the polarized era that we're living in, Democrats and Republicans working together. And in an era where the price of everything from the ice cream cone to the uh, gallon of gasoline has skyrocketed, he somehow finds a way to pay the bills for having eight children. I am very, very pleased to welcome uh, Atlantic City City Councilman, the only Republican elected in Atlantic City on, in the city council currently, the one and only Councilman Jesse Kurtz. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much for joining us on the radio and being willing to get up early. Hey, good morning. Well, thank goodness I keep finding a lot of change in the in the couch cushions <laughs> to keep paying for stuff. I'm really, really glad about that. I can imagine. I can imagine. Hey, it was fun seeing you uh, when I was out in Atlantic City a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, we met for a beer at the uh, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, which is a great spot. But, Jesse, a lot of times when uh, people listen to these segments... Sometimes they're people that have never been to Atlantic City because we have listeners all over the country, even in Canada. And sometimes they're people that haven't been there in many years. And they're always a little surprised when I uh, recommend establishments outside of the casinos. And that applies to people that do visit Atlantic City regularly as well. Would you tell folks that visit Atlantic City regularly or might be planning a future visit there that by limiting themselves to only the casino establishments, they really are significantly limiting their options, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, for the record, there's there's great places in the casinos. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, which are definitely worth, worth checking out. But, uh, no, I, I would encourage people... Um, whichever casino or just hotel in general where you stay, um, take a look on your favorite trip app or just you know look at places that are around. Um, we have not only a lot of good places, but they're very unique, and it's definitely worth uh, trying out, checking out. Uh, we have older places that have a lot of character. Um, you know, I heard you talking earlier about um, some of the celebrities that. Um, we're involved with town, and so you, there's like great stories about whether it's the Sinatra era or even going back further, the Prohibition era. And then there's new places like you know, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall is a great example of a, a newer place, which is great to to have a good time. So yeah, please um, uh, get get out there and see the different 
food and beverage establishments that we have to offer here in Atlantic City. One of the things that I get, one of the questions that I get from people that have not been to Atlantic City in a while, I guess this is reinforced by the negative stereotype that has surrounded Atlantic City over the last uh, last few years. Is, folks ask me, is it safe? Is it safe to walk around Atlantic City outside of the casinos? What do you think, as somebody that lives there, as somebody that represents the area, is Atlantic City a, a safe place to visit and to hang out if you're walking beyond the casino area? No, absolutely. You know, I, I think, um, you know, it, it's like anything else. You know, be aware of your surroundings, um, but, you know, ha- have a plan, if, if, especially if somebody's not super comfortable a little leery uh, you know look at your look at your area put a plan together about having a few different places to check out and i think once once people kind of venture out of their comfort zone a little bit um they a lot of times they, they don't go back um, they they realize wow you know this this neighborhood is fantastic you know whether we're talking about um, some of the places you, you we met up in the the newly developed uh, orange loop area uh, but yeah, there's there's places in all of our different neighborhoods. Uh, Gardner's Basin is a is a cool place. Uh, it's a little bit off the casino beaten trail uh, to go check out. So it, it, I, I would encourage it. There was an article in the uh, the press of Atlantic City a few days ago uh, talking about homelessness in Atlantic City. When we met with Don Guardian, he told us the story, which has been reported elsewhere, of how a homeless person begged him for money and had, ze- had Venmo. She tried he, he tried to get him to <laughs> give him money on Venmo, the homeless person. I, I did read that the poverty rate in Atlantic City is 35.2%. It's more than triple the national poverty rate. What's going on? Why is... Is poverty such a problem in Atlantic City, and what can be done about it? So I think, you know, Atlantic City, uh, a couple things are going on. Um, one is we've had this practice where places that are, you know, all over South Jersey and beyond um, run into problem people, problems with people. And have for too long sent them to Atlantic City. Um, you know, in addition to having a very nice, uh, you know, not very nice, tremendous infrastructure for tourism, you know, a lot of great things to do. Um, you know, we also have a heart, and we've developed a network of social services. And I'd argue we have too much of a concentration of those services here instead of it being uh, spread out throughout South Jersey. So I think that that's one problem um, that we, we over the years have accumulated all the different services so and opportunities if you're, to help people. If you're poor, if you're impoverished or you're um, dealing with substance abuse or you need any sort of government help or in many instances charitable help, Atlantic City, because it offers all those services, those social services, it's sort of become a magnet for anybody that's having a tough time all over the southern portion of the state? 100 uh, percent. Um, there was a front page story about homelessness. We may even be referring to the same story. Yes, and they I, yeah, profiled, I think so. So they profiled people. And you know, kudos to the reporter for actually doing a deep dive and talking to a few people that were dealing with some tough times. But in, in the cases that were mentioned, they weren't, quote unquote, Atlantic City people. Um, in one instance, it was somebody from a neighboring town who uh, went to jail and then ended up coming to Atlantic City uh, when they were released. And 
you know, I think it really shows a failing in uh, the idea that we all have to look out for our brother or our sister who are in need, um, and, and other folks think that they don't need to take care of people in a tough spot, and they can just kind of absolve their guilt and ship them on a bus to Atlantic City, and, and that's really inexcusable, mm. unacceptable. Um, we, we all have an obligation to, to take care of people and take care of people in our area. We can't just you know, ship them to some destination and figure that that uh, will fix the problem. And in the case of Atlantic City, it, it has overwhelmed us over the year to just keep on, especially during COVID, um, sure. to just keep sending people. Uh, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Talking with Councilman Jesse Kurtz. Uh, Councilman, you're a Republican. I happen to be an independent, but I have long been a believer that cities should move towards nonpartisan elections. I think uh, the old quote from Fiorello LaGuardia that there's no Democrat or Republican way to clean a street certainly rings true in cities like New York and uh, certainly in Atlantic City. I was over the moon when you told me that there uh, is movement towards putting a referendum on the ballot to convert Atlantic City's elections from partisan elections to nonpartisan elections. Give us the lowdown. What exactly is happening with that and what's been the impetus for this? Sure. So there's a group, um, they call themselves the Atlantic City Independence Committee, and they were um, hitting the streets with petitions. Uh, they managed to collect over 2,000 signatures that were uh, recently, I think as of like two or three days ago, certified by our municipal clerk. So they, uh, they needed somewhere around 1,600 signatures. They got well above that, I think four or 500 uh, excess signatures. And so what that did is it uh, triggered the ordinance to uh, go to our city council meeting yesterday. Now, uh, city council had the opportunity, if we would have passed the ordinance, for it to just take effect and become nonpartisan here in Atlantic City. And that that would mean that we would have uh, one election for our local city council and mayor spots in May, as opposed to having the June primary and November general election. Uh, as we currently do. And so a uh, city council declined to pass that. It, it failed. Uh, the vote was three to six, so three in favor, six against. Um, I was one of the three in favor of it. Um, I think when it comes to local politics, it's, it's similar to what, you know, your LaGuardia quote um, alludes to. It's really people over parties. Um, political parties do have a role when it comes to, I think, uh, offices that are up to the ballot because, when you're dealing with county, regional, state, national offices, it, it's very tough to take it on a granular level. And you just think how many people are in a state. You know, it's like it's very hard to like get to know people personally, uh, to get to know them on those type of personal traits. But in local office, especially a ward race, uh, which is you know, something that I'm familiar with as, as a ward councilman. Um, but there's nothing more personal and local than a ward race. And when it fundamentally, it shouldn't be about the jersey you wear or the label that you have as a party. It needs to be about the issues that you're going to further and champion, your character as a person, the type of skill set that you bring to the table if you're an incumbent, uh, what your record is, and not what the president of your party, whether it's the current or former president, 
uh, has said or not said. What right. they've so, done in, in foreign in, policy. In Atlantic City City Council, you guys aren't making decisions about the death penalty or abortion or flag burning or gun, or, you know, gun uh, assault weapon bans and things like that. Correct. Missile defense systems. Right. I mean, those are not things that we're dealing with in Atlantic City. Um, well, so what's the status of this? Is it going to be on the ballot this year? Yes. So this is going to uh, the November ballot. The, there will be a question if people, uh, people, namely the voters of Atlantic City, want to change the city charter. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, campaign and a look at, you know, is this a good idea or not? I think uh, you know, people like myself have an opportunity to make the case to our neighbors, to the electorate, uh, that it really should be people over parties uh, when it comes to our local races, our city council and our mayor. Well, that's certainly uh, very exciting. I, I have got my finger, fingers crossed. Yesterday, we, we discussed the issue of uh, homelessness and this ordinance that, um, that the city council took up. Um, what exactly did this uh, homeless ordinance that passed the city council uh, yesterday, what exactly does it do in terms of what a lot of people perceive to be a problem of the homeless sleeping on the boardwalk in Atlantic City? Yeah, I mean, home, homeless, I think, everywhere are becoming a, a huge problem, especially since COVID. And in Atlantic City, it's uh, the worst that a lot of us can ever recall it being, um, not only in the boardwalk, but in the neighborhoods. And so in, in dealing with this issue, trying to figure out what, what do we do differently with law enforcement, with social services, et cetera, to, to get a handle on the problem and to get these people help. And it became apparent that the common sense point that you shouldn't be able to sleep on the boardwalk or uh, inside of the pavilions that are attached to the boardwalk or really underneath the pavilion or underneath the boardwalk, uh, that that shouldn't be permitted. And again, in my research and talking to people, I, I discovered that that was not stated. So uh, what I did was I sponsored ordinance to uh, make it uh, prohibited to sleep on the boardwalk, in the pavilions next to the boardwalk, and underneath both of those structures. And all of council picked it up as a co-sponsor, mm. and we passed it unanimously at our meeting yesterday. So that'll be one more tool. It doesn't fix the whole problem. Uh, and I wouldn't suggest to you or your listeners that it does, but it's all about giving law enforcement, social services tools and trying all the different facets in an issue. And this is this is one of them. The other ordinance, and this is, I guess, something that I didn't fully realize was a problem. The other ordinance that the council passed yesterday deals with uh, all-terrain vehicles and dirt bikes. What was this? What was the problem with these vehicles, and what exactly did the city council do? So we're unfortunately dealing with uh, these packs or groups of ATVs, uh, the dirt bikes that they don't have licenses, and it's not just that um, they drive in these packs and they drive incredibly reckless. Uh, they'll go right through red lights. They'll weave in and out of traffic. Um, there's been a, an additional growth of outdoor dining since COVID. And so if people, they're like buzz folks that are either dining or walking or standing on the sidewalk. And it, it's just a miracle, uh, all those guardian angels out there, I guess, why there haven't been more accidents and injuries in Atlantic City. Uh, and so we, we were determined to do something about this. And uh, it's another one of those unanimous measures. Uh, we adopted some rules that allow uh, the police to confiscate 
uh, these vehicles when they're found, and then to destroy them. And in fact, uh, your, your town was mentioned, uh, the, the viral video of the mayor uh, destroying the confiscating, confiscated ATVs uh, was, was one of the things referenced at our meeting. And so uh, going forward, uh, police, whether they engage in um, a pursuit or a trap, or the one thing we're as council suggesting is uh, using drone technology to kind of track where these bands of ATVs go. And then when they stop, you know, jump in and seize them in order to, you know, restore order, restore um, safety to our streets. Uh, we can't have this culture of lawlessness uh, where people, again, in packs of these ATVs just go around buzzing sure. folks. Sure. No, it makes uh, makes a lot of sense. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Councilman Jesse Kurtz. He's a Republican city councilman in Atlantic City, one of the rising stars in the Republican Party, uh, not just in uh, South Jersey, but I would I would say in the whole state. Uh, Jesse, you guys at the city council honored uh, Bart Blatstein, who's been a guest on this show several times. He's the owner of Showboat. He's uh, launching that uh, water park at the showboat. He's done a lot of other interesting things when it comes to development in both Atlantic City and Philadelphia. What did you guys honor him for? Uh, we, we honored him for bringing that uh, all-white event, the Le Dinet en Blanc event, the uh, pop-up party dinner Real classy, elegant event. Uh, it was the first year it ever came to Atlantic City, and it was, you know, largely thanks to his efforts, hmm. uh, pioneering—not uh, so much pioneering, but um, bringing them into town. And we had the the dinner. I, I was able to attend it. My my daughter—it was her ninth birthday, so she was my date for the evening. And we were on the boardwalk, and for people who have been on the boardwalk, half of the boardwalk between Showboat. And all the way down past Ocean Resort had folks dressed up so elegantly, all in white. Um, the scene, it was almost a little Cinderella ball. Wow. Great music and food and aesthetics. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And it was the largest uh, Binet in event that they had ever had. So we, we thought it was very important to honor them, obviously honor uh, Barb Blatstein. Um, shout out to uh, Councilman Shabazz. He was the one who uh, sponsored the resolution. We yeah. all shared his sentiments. Just think it's a fantastic event. And those organizers are looking forward to bringing it back uh, next year. And folks who I talked to at the dinner, they had been to Denae's all around the area and beyond, and they said that the Atlantic City one was was hands down their wow. favorite. That sounds uh, that sounds magnificent. I'm going to try and make it next year if it does come back, Councilman. It's always a treat to uh, talk with you. I look forward to getting together with you in person. My next trip down to Atlantic City. Hey, same here. All the best to you and your family. Have Th a great day. Thank you, Councilman Jesse Kurtz. If you want to comment on any portion of 